So the big question is this. How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. This podcast is sponsored and supported by my good friends at Hunted. Last year, Hunted helped over 300,000 recruiters all across the world. They're dedicated to improving not just the industry, but your place within it. If you want to be a better recruiter, have more resilience, see greater success in your recruitment career, or simply change jobs or country, then you need to check out hunted.com. I'd love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another live podcast webinar. I hope you're all well. hope your families are healthy and um, we're getting through this together. So thank you for joining us. Where we're going to start is to do some introductions. However, I just wanted to help you all out in terms of how you can um, engage with the great panelists that we have today. So there's a few ways that we're going to do this today. So the, the first one is going to be um, using the Q&A section, which some of you are already using. So um, Joe Stacey is putting afternoon Hesham. If we can basically use that Q&A section um, for all of you guys to submit questions, um, then that's where you want to put your questions as we're going through this. And if there's questions that you really like and, and what people submit, then what you can do is click upvote like I just have on Jack Pryor's um, uh, point there. Then we're going to make sure that we uh, get those questions answered. That's the, the first thing. And then what we're going to do shortly after um, the panelists have introduced themselves, um, we're going to do a very quick poll um, just to help us understand and the panelists understand exactly who's attending today to make sure that all of you get as much value out of this webinar as possible. So if we start with introductions, Sandra, if you go first and let everyone know a bit about you um, and then we can um, go on to Marison and uh, Nick. Yep. Hi, everyone. I'm Sandra Patel-Stewart, um, CEO and founder of Transition Partners. Um, I founded the business in 2011. We recruit um, permanent and contract across technology, digital and business transformation. UK-wide, we're based in Leeds. Um, we've got 19 staff. And a couple of years ago, or just under two years ago, we set up um, operations in Germany, in Berlin, uh, okay. where we currently recruit tech. Um, Amazing. Thank you, Sandra. <laughs> Nick, if you go next. So I work for a company called McDonald & Company. My title is Partnership Director. And in the UK, we've got 65 consultants and 120 around the world. Cool. And your sector is? Real estate and property. And you're perm recruits, aren't you? Predominantly perm, yeah. Predominantly cool. And last but not least, Marius. Yes. Hi, guys. Um, this is Marius from SR2. Uh, it stands for Socially Responsible Recruitment. We're just over two years old, like an IT recruitment startup. Recruit across the software development lifecycle, um, mainly UK, contract and perm. But um, similar to Sandra, we've also just started um, recruiting in Berlin as well. Okay, cool. And then I think just to add to the context of that, Maris, you manage a small team as well, don't you? Yeah, so five people. Five people. And then Sandra, obviously, you, obviously you're one of the founders who so are managing people in your business at the moment. Yeah. And then Nick, you haven't got the luxury of managing a team, have you? No, so I handed back <laughs> in my team about 12 months ago. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sort of sole uh, responsible for new business. Cool. So what we're going to do uh, now, guys, is I'm going to submit a very quick poll um, and th this is going to help us understand exactly who's joining us today. So the first one, which all of you should um, appear for you now, which, which is how experienced are you? So if you could let us know exactly how experienced you are. And, while, and as we're doing that, 
I'm going to ask these guys some questions and then this can help give them um, some context for when we're thinking about answers. But the first thing, let's just set the scene, guys. Um, how, how have the last couple of days been? What's been going on in, in your worlds? Someone please um, do. I'm happy to kick off. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I'd say... So I'd say what I'm finding maybe over the last few days is that companies have almost, I guess, accepted the fact that like COVID-19 is here to stay for the foreseeable and there does need to be a bit of a change um, in terms of how we do things. And there seems to be a lot of content on LinkedIn and a lot of content out there. So it's talking about remote hiring processes and, and onboarding. And I think clients are starting to kind of buy into that and accept that. So, okay. so I'd say it kind of dropped off drastically, but I'd say now in terms of like adverts I'm seeing and, like I'm speaking to, albeit it's still quiet, um, I think the market is is improving, yeah. albeit like a, a small amount. Yes, yeah, I think I've definitely found people moving into the sort of acceptance mindset, whereas a few couple of weeks ago it was very much watching the news, what's going on, how things are going to change, etc. How how have you guys found it, Sandra and Nick? Yeah, we we certainly over the last kind of three or four days actually um, found that things are starting to settle down and the conversations that I've been having with clients and candidates are more, you know, everyone's kind of got into their routines and it's more like you say that acceptance stage now. Yeah. We've had like, like most, most businesses, we've probably had about 80, 85% of our work drop off. Um, but we've been quite lucky with a couple of clients that have kept, kind of kept us moving really. And um, so we've, we've actually last three or four days, we've, we've, I think we've closed about three or four offers, which oh, amazing. is great. Yeah, um, I'm certainly finding that things are starting to settle down a little bit, albeit who knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Mm. Nick, anything to add or has it been yeah, similar? Yeah, very similar. With, uh, this week, the honeymoon period is over. I think for yeah. us and, and everyone at home. So there, there is definitely a period where we're getting used to it, getting back into their routine. Um, so we hopefully some of those decisions are going to move forward to recruitment pretty soon. Um, but we've been surprised that there are still pockets of activity. So just like okay. Sandra said, you know, we had a, a massive sort of pause of, of activity immediately, a shock reaction. Mm-hmm. But what happens in the next two, three, four weeks is going to be really mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, cool. So just to give you guys context, so um, 39 people uh, with us today have got over five years experience, um, three to five years experience, 13, and then the rest of the people fall into the sort of one year to five year category. Um, so, so the final poll, guys, which is just going to really help us um, with this is it was just going to be really worth us knowing if you're currently on furlough or, or working. I think that's going to be really useful for us to know when we're talking about um, how these guys are adapting. Obviously, Mario, Sandra and, and Nick are very much still working. Um, but I'm just, I've just opened up that poll and it'd be great for all of you to know. I mean, the majority of people that have responded already. Yeah, I mean, everyone, pretty much everyone with us today, guys, are still working. They are in the trenches, right? And this is why I wanted you guys on because you, you guys are still very much in the trenches having to rise to the occasion and, and weather this storm. So I guess just just for everyone's benefit, I know you just talked touched on it a bit there, but like how much percentage wise, what are we talking in terms of live jobs being dropped? So like what what are you got what are the current opportunities for you guys to set the scene for everyone? What does that currently look like? So Sandra, what did you say? Um we've probably had about eighty-five to ninety percent drop off. Drop off, yeah, okay. Is that I know Nick, we were talking before, it's about eighty percent for you in terms yeah, of immediately eighty percent. Immediately, yeah, yeah, cool. Days. Yeah, um, and then thankfully uh, over the past two weeks that we we've, we've seen then uh, several of those clients move from being on some freeze to moving forward. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Marius, what about you? Obviously, contract recruiter. So obviously, in terms of new new opportunities, new projects. Yeah, I mean, I would say there hasn't been a lot of stuff that's been like pulled, but I'd say like in terms of actual maybe like our bigger clients that were giving us lots and lots of jobs and were very active before. There's a few of those that have just like completely stopped. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So look, the first question I want to ask before we go into um, the audience's questions that some of the ones that, that people submitted is what have you guys found most challenging so far? What what has been really difficult for you so far in the last couple of weeks since this has been going on? It, um, for us personally or as a business and a team? Either or, I don't mind. Okay. Um, so I've got two. <laughs> um, okay, go first of all, is um, I'm a mum of um, I've got a four and a half year old, 
and um, my husband runs and owns a recruitment business as well wow luckily he's in the healthcare industry so he's been pretty busy um, but the problem that we've had and, and where I've struggled is for us both managing, working at the same time and keeping our son entertained. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for the first two, three days, we were literally at loggerheads. Like, I thought I was going to kill Really? <laughs> what, what's, what's been, like, what's really helped through that? What really helped um, us through that is we put a schedule <laughs> together. Um <laughs> getting ourselves organized <laughs> um, we literally like have like two three hour blocks throughout the day where cool. one of us will be working and one will be looking after my son um and then I'm having to do more in the evenings but you know I don't really mind I've I've, I've done that quite a bit in the past and, and to be fair let's face it we haven't really got anything to do with them <laughs> <laughs> okay cool and what, what was that what's been the second the, challenge the second, um I would say is um, which I think we've done a lot of good stuff around this, and I'm happy to talk about this in more detail later on, um, is motivating the people. Um, mm. And I think going back to your one of your questions around business development, I think ha- encouraging and supporting and motivating the people is anyone's like key to, to business development right now. Okay, cool. So we'll definitely dive into that, but definitely been a challenge to making sure that your guys are motivated up for it um okay cool what about you nick what what's what's been the most challenging for you so far so personally like like sandra dealing with children at home uh, <laughs> and sharing a, an office with your wife what, what did your wife do she in recruitment? Uh, financial services okay so she shouts at me for being too noisy in the phone i shout <laughs> at her because she she types really angrily um, <laughs> uh, so yeah it's just you know it's just there's no real escape from work now. Is there's there's no office, there's no commute to break mm. it all up. So that's that's what we've both struggled with the past couple of weeks. How um, have you found how have you found switching off? Sorry, just to jump in there because that's I've definitely found that hard. Uh, I, I don't think we have. So the you know the laptop <laughs> stay open. Yeah, you know, it's twenty four seven. So we'll you know, we'll do something in the morning while someone's making breakfast, and then we'll go back, uh, and then equally you know. Bedtime comes, and then you go. You know, you'll check it before you you go to bed. So yeah, it's regards to switching off, and it's very different. Mm. But then we can't. I can't work a solid nine or eight hours a day. So you you got to compensate. Yeah, cool, Marius. What's been the most challenging for you? Um, so I'd say pretty similar to Sandra. Actually, I think probably from like a motivation point of view of the team, um, we've like put together like some small incentives that we can run, but we might be having some like good wins throughout the day and then we've had a few cases where people we've recently placed have been given like notice for example and you've got a new consultant who's just done a few deals and he's been told that a few of his guys are like oh. a few weeks in are just uh, obviously going off site where um it's like a six-month project mm. so i'd say um i guess just trying to manage that and motivate people and when they're having conversations with candidates and who are painting quite a bleak picture of the market it's like and, you, and you're not sat next to them you can't have that kind of conversation or coffee with them yeah. how do you I guess keep them motivated and like I guess kind of manage the threat period is probably the trickiest. Okay. So just very quickly, Jeremy's asked an absolute cracker of a question, which I'm asking in a sec. But just just quickly as we're talking about managing teams, I want to make sure that we touch on it because I, I feel like a lot of conversations I'm having and some of the questions that come through that that's been a common challenge. But um what's been the sort of um thing that you've done so far that's been the most impactful one the motivation on the team do you think has it been i don't know having a morning stand up all the time or doing opening up the transition partners zoom pub on friday i don't know what what's what from your both your perspectives what's been the most what's had the most impact on motivating your teams um the team might disagree but i'd like to <laughs> um i mean obviously we're doing a lot of zooms and i'm trying to have as much one-on-one contact with the guys where i can um as well i think I think initially when this all kicked off, the one thing that we did was we said, right, we're going to take away personal targets, individual targets for now. They're all going on okay. KPIs. Um, I tried to take the pressure off them as much as possible. Mm. Like for the next quarter, we probably it looks it's looking like it's going to be almost a full quarter. So we said, right, for the next quarter, we looked at what everybody's ta- – if we added all the targets together, what that would look like. We reduced it 50% or something like that, and we just said, right, we're going to have a team target. Um, oh, wow, okay. 
So we're all basically working together as one big team. I mean, it's easier for us to do that because there's only 19 of us. Yeah. Um, so we're all working together as one big team. We get a role in. We've got more than one person, more than one consultant working that role. Um, and between the consultants, they agree their approach, how they work it, who does what, who does job boards, LinkedIn, et cetera. And then between them, they agree on splits and things like that. And, and I, I think that, that's that, had an impact. Yeah, that's interesting. Had a big so then, and then have you changed? Have you changed like the commission structure or anything like that, or is it? No, it's no. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Marius, what about you? What, what's been really impactful? Um, I, I think it's hard to say like one like one particular thing, but I'd say a few things we've done. We've done like the Zoom stand-ups in like the um, morning and mm-hmm. lunchtime. We've done yeah. like a like virtual like pub quiz, for example, and like got everyone together to to, to do that, which is quite nice. Um, then we've also said from like a contract perspective, like where we, we might, might have had quite strict verticals before just to free that up a little bit. And if you've got okay. clients, you've got good relationships with, you've placed with before and you've got good rules of engagement, then you can uh, work on like permanent positions as well. Okay. Um, so just, I guess, freeing up those rules a little bit and just trying to really share the wins as well. Yeah, so so a bit, everyone, yeah a bit more flexible yeah. with what they can focus on or... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So let, let's get to this, Jeremy's question because I think that is an absolute cracker. Like if you if you guys could go back in time six months knowing that COVID crisis was going to happen, what would you change your business practices to be better protected? That's what a great question. What what comes to mind for people on that? Maybe like the sector, like focusing on. If we, we could probably see this like six months ago, then you maybe like you're a, a Cardos, you're like Tesco, Sainsbury's, all these like retailers yeah. they've got like online shopping platforms if you could wrap all those guys up i imagine they're just getting busier and busier um yeah okay that's interesting nick what do you think because i think obviously you for you to start obviously you're in the real estate world right yeah so like what, what comes to mind for you when when we look at jeremy's question it's a really tough question because if if we think about this as like a another um, a recession, you know what what would you do to really sort of uh, steal yourself through? You could like like Maris said, you could look at other sectors, mm. but ultimately, I think you want to make sure that all the basics are in place, you know, the teams gelling nicely, information yeah. sharing freely. There is a really strong incentive about building and developing client relationships. Um, mm. And fortunately, I think a lot of that was already in place. We've just got to do a little bit more of it now. Yeah. No, I really like that. I think what 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 we discussed in a previous um, uh, podcast um, on, on here was, I think a lot of um, recruiters going into this potentially have, have laid their bed. Like if there was someone that wasn't too bored about relationships, was really quite transactional, mm. um, to really start forming these relationships and doubling down on those and building new relationships can be even more difficult, right? So I guess that's part of what you're touching on there, Nick. And one of the questions that I wanted to just sort of expand on that, um, which came from a chap called uh, Jake Major, um, was sort of what are your guys' tips for progressing transactional relationships through this period to more meaningful ones right now? How can people go about um, to start forming meaningful relationships? I'll take that one. So a transactional relationship, as it suggests, is you know, is, is about transaction. It's about providing a service that fits that fits the right time for the right price. Well, now we've got an opportunity to, to improve those by just being a lot more personal. Mm. We're seeing each other in our in our bedrooms, in our lounges, our kitchen rooms, you know, talking about people's kids, you know, what they've been up to. So yeah. it, it, it's actually a lot easier to build relationships, I think, right now, because we've got a lot more in common. Mm. Um, so focusing on on that, focusing on on how you're developing those relationships by making sure they see you as a person, I think it's going to be really important. Okay. Mm. Anything else to add, guys, to that? When- one of the things that um, that I've been doing and some of our guys have been doing that face out to clients um, is offering different services. Okay. Um, so I guess some of it's not different services in that offering, just, just letting our network know and our clients and candidates know that 
we are out here, we're, we're here to support, we're here to help everyone, we're all in the same boat. Um, so we've put together, um, uh, I've been sending out as a CEO, I've been sending out to all our um, clients, anyone that we've ever had terms in place with, um, I've been sending out a newsletter and, a, and a, an e email offering, just reminding them what services that we can offer, but also offering things like I've been offering training um, and free webinars to internal recruitment teams. Awesome. Um, I've been off we've been offering CVMOTs and like branding for LinkedIn because um, we do a lot online. We do a lot around um, podcasts and videos and ensuring that all our um, LinkedIn um, posts and things are, like, are in brand. Yeah. And so we've been offering um, help to help, you know, candidates, clients rebrand and rework their LinkedIn profiles, um, outplacement opportunities, um, helping with furloughed teams. I spoke to a client yesterday actually for about half an hour, and that was a client who initially – um, didn't put their recruitment on hold, but there were consultancies. So fortunately, over the last week or two, they've realised that they need to, that they've got people on the bench now, so they've, they have they've had to put recruitment on hold. Um, and when I spoke to him about the newsletter, and then I followed up with an email and sent him the newsletter, um, he said, actually, that some of that might come in useful. And he said, some of our business dev guys might benefit from a bit of training and a bit of support from awesome. you. Um, so it's just, I guess it's just getting that out there and getting the support out there and the personal element out there, building and cementing those relationships. So our clients, candidates, senior candidates, they know that in two, three months time, when things change and we're all back, you know, we're at, you know, back to, to full kind of full steam ahead, that they'll remember what you did for them and what you tried to do for them. And I think that's important like i think that's a key for business development right now so, so, some, of, so some of your services is, haven't been more on services to monetize but more to pay it forward give real value which we're playing the yeah. long game here right we've even said um like if a client um has a role that's not within our sector um that we've got the staff we've got the capacity and capability to deliver and we'll do it at a highly reduced fee okay interesting uh, like a payroll or finance, HR, any uh, office admin type position, um, just to help them out. Um, okay. You know, so we all need, everyone needs help right now, don't they? So it's yeah. about creating that kind of community and support where we can. Nick Maris, have you, I don't know, over the last couple of weeks or so, we've seen opportunities to deliver value if that's for a service or not a service. Have you guys done anything that, um yeah is, is a slightly different approach in terms of services that you can offer for clients and candidates that's helped um i mean i'd say one that's like quite specific to consultancies um we, we support consultancies like obviously when they win the work but sometimes when they're actually like putting together teams for for bids and almost providing like a bit of a, a virtual bench okay. and um consultancies that are a bit smaller that might want to bid for large pieces of work in like the public sector they might not have the capacity to like provide the team up front so we can basically put together like a mock team if you like and they can then present that to the client and if the client's comfortable with that they might say i'm happy to give you the work and at that point we can obviously help them um fill the roles that's okay, nice. something, something we've done for a while but quite like a nice value add and if they further people the bench maybe it's not as strong as it usually is um mm. we can give them that opportunity what, what about you nick have you seen any opportunities so similar to sandra about deepening relationships, working with people who you enjoy working with already. So I mean, sort of broadening the roles you might have considered before or might want to add value to, but also around whilst these clients are getting testing themselves on video interviewing, the people don't trust it yet. They feel very unfamiliar. So everything from helping them get set up yeah. through to maybe offering different ways to assess. So using personality and psychometric testing so that these clients can then have another layer of testing, another layer of assessment so that they feel comfortable making a hiring decision without having ever met someone. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that's really interesting. So I guess what, what I'd love to sort of segue this into, because I think this ties quite nicely into it is one of the most popular questions that people submitted is definitely around business development. Um, so I guess like one of the questions that was um, put through by Nathaniel Smith, which was what methods of business development do people feel is best suited to the current situation? I guess some of the things that you're touching on, Sandra, which I've been speaking to about that's been effective is leading with, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Client, we're running this webinar or doing this. 
You'd be speaking to a lot of people that have similar challenges. I'd like to think you'd find it useful. How open would you be to getting involved or whatever? That would enable you to have some, some good business development activity. But how, how, how are you guys approaching it? And what, what, what are you finding that's working or helping? So we've, we've, um, so we used to, before COVID-19, we used to, we used to do a lot of, um, meetups, um, yeah. doing about 25 to 30 a year. Okay. Um, we had, I think probably about three or four booked in that we had to cancel. Yeah. Um, and so in the last week or two, um, we've started setting them up so that we can run them virtually. Um, okay. and same with regards to, we've set up, um, myself and, um, Ellie, um, Greeny, one of the other, um, directors, um, we she'd been running a, a wit podcast, which I think you helped us with, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Going on that, um, and so we'd set up a leadership podcast um, for C level um, stakeholders, and so we decided to just keep running with that as well. We just thought, well, I know we can't do it face to face, but why? Why does it have to stop? So, um, so how has that helped? Two avenues, and that's really helped. I mean, I, I reached out to um, a CIO of um, quite a decent sized technology business the other week. And um, we've got booked in in a couple of weeks, another consultancy that we've been trying to make inroads in with for some time. Um, we're doing a podcast with them. Um, we'd like one of the owners next week. Okay. Um, so that's working. And what we've said to our guys is, and why I said actually only today on a Zoom meeting with our guys is I said, look, you, we'll, we'll put the email together. We'll give you all the information and the branding or literally all you need to do is put the target list of companies together, approach see the C-level, the guys at the top, book the podcasting, we'll do the rest. We get business out of that further down the line. That's your client and that's your BD. Awesome. Smart. Marius, what are you doing? What are you finding that's working? Um, so I'd say, again, similar to Sandra, we, we run like a leaders in tech meetup in, in uh, Bristol and London. And that historically has been really helpful in terms of like building relationships with key stakeholders having like a different reason to approach them um but i'd say now i think for, for me it's just about trying to be like quite smart with the way that you approach business development um so i do a lot quite a lot of stuff in the public sector and there's like all information available online that basically outlines all of the the spend in the sector okay. so you can actually look at all of the companies that have won work recently what they've won the kind of teams they're going to need to build that's all publicly available so then the companies okay. you're calling you're fully yeah. aware that they've got to recruit X, Y, and Z, and you're speaking to people that, regardless of COVID-19 or not, they've committed to delivering certain things. So I guess it's almost like less is more and just trying to target the business development or clients that you know are going to be busy in the climate, regardless of everything else that's going on. Um, yeah, smart. And the only, really other, smart. The, the only th- other thing I say is trying to be a bit more like you know, recruitment consultant, be, be quite consultative. So th- instead of thinking quite narrow-minded and just like about a single job, you want to be trying to think about the business as a whole and think you're speaking to a CTO, if he's furloughed his team, if he's got deliverables, well, what's he committed to? Just trying to think of the business as more of a whole whole, whole picture and understand the company's problems. And then based on that, you might be able to identify opportunities that are not yeah. actual job roles. You might be able to sell contracts and everything else. So I think just trying to think a bit of like more commercially with it all. Yeah, smart. Nick, what about you? Because obviously you're in a position which is completely focused on developing relationships, business development. So what what are you finding that's working for you, Nick, besides staying in touch with existing clients and these types of things? Uh, well, you say, you say apart from, that's it. There's no, no real secret to it. The, the, the key of which you know, people will be really, you know, and there will be people who will be successful throughout this and they'll be strong on the other side is is the people who who build the really really strong relationships with those clients and candidates mm. um, so to, to answer your question you know, i think sort of what we what we explain to people who haven't been through tough times before who, who've only been recruiting maybe the last two or three years is you need to change your mindset about what you're looking to get out of this mm. forget the idea of making making five telephone calls and on the third one i'll pick up a job Right, right now, your, your target is to speak to as many people as possible. Learn as much from every call you can. Forget about if you think they're a client or a candidate. You want to find out market information, you know, what's happening in their organization. Are they, are they contracting? Are they growing? What areas are, are improving? And then keep building this up and keep talking to colleagues to share this information. And the freer that information flows, the much easier it is then to develop that client base. 
Mm. So to change the expectations of what a successful business development call looks like yeah. is, is going to be really key to helping. I think that's obviously what you were touching on as well, Marius, isn't it? In terms of just being more commercially minded and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I'm going to, um, attempt, so sorry if I pronounce your name wrong, Tanuja, apologies if that's wrong, but really interesting question there. I think it's safe to say that businesses, um, that you have been speaking to have been reducing costs, etc. So, the question it'd be good to get your thoughts on is with reduced numbers of active jobs, roles getting on hold, the role of an agency recruiter is going to become more challenging. Obviously, companies tending to cut on costs and count on internal recruiters. What what are you guys doing to try and um, ensure that I guess that sort of your service and what you do remains really valuable? So what what do you think about that? Um, I, per, personally, I think sort of an, an internal recruiter is that their role is getting tougher as as businesses sort of the, um, bring down the volume of, of hiring. I think I think they they they're in more risk of being on furlough because suddenly it's easier just to use a consultant to support you on on a much smaller number. There's a lot less farming that's needed by an internal recruiter. So. I think keep keep really close to all your relationships, whether they are internal recruitment, HR, line managers, C-suite, whatever it may well be. And I think that will hold you in really good stead. Interesting. Anything to add to that, guys? Um, I mean, I'd say maybe look at the clients you've had like good relationships with historically, and if they are maybe smaller companies that are struggling with cash flow, for example, and they're like, asking you to reduce fees, I think you just want to try and be pragmatic. And if the good mm. rules of engagement are there, and if you know they're going to, Hey, in the long run, and they've maybe got history of you working together, then I think it's definitely worth exploring creative solutions. And maybe that's an opportunity to have a conversation, a segue into more exclusivity and everything else. Um, good, rule, good rules of engagement. You said that a couple of times. What do you mean by yeah. that? Um, so, so I'd say for me, like, I, I think now is the time to maybe worry about like the volume of jobs you have a bit less and, and more about like kind of the quality of the jobs. Yeah. I mean, if you've got, 10 jobs that with a, a big PSL and you're dealing with a portal and you haven't really got much opportunity to speak to line managers, it's obviously almost, it's quite, your percentages are filling the role quite low. Whereas mm. if you've got a client, you place a number of people with and you understand the business and you have direct contact with managers. For me, I'd, I'd rather have maybe one or two of those jobs than 10 to 15 jobs that are just sat in the portal. So I think yeah. maybe identifying the clients where you've got good hit rates, good ratios, and then spending more time with those. Nice. Okay. I agree, and I, th I think there's probably a couple of different options that you could look at. Um, I mean, one one actually that you touched on earlier, Hisham, is around um, payment. You know, con consider like like Mary said, have a conversation, pick up the yeah. conversation with them. Um, but there's different options, things that you can discuss, like potential payment plans. Um, you could ask them to commit and agree to um, SLAs for a reduction in fee. So. Mm. If you are having to reduce the fees, um, I would just, you know, kind of remember that we're all in the same boat here. We're all trying to survive. Um, so, you know, try and come up with a compromise that's fair, because doing that now will stand you in good stead longer term and you'll be remembered for that. Remembered. When things pick up and there's volume recruitment there, you're more likely to get that on an exclusive basis. Um definitely like payment plans or even retainers as well ask for part of the fee up front um mm. so you'll reduce the fee if you can have say 25 percent on engagement and um and split it into chunks throughout the process sure i think this goes quite nicely into Sobi's question around i mean i think i'm sure you've all seen that people offering free services um these types of things like what what are your guys thoughts on offering free recruitment services and, and placing people for free what do you think about that um i think you've got to value the kind of service you're offering so i think yeah. i wouldn't say you want to be doing stuff for free because i imagine if they've got customers they're not, not going to be doing stuff for free there and either so <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> i'd yeah. say I, i'd say like you, again you just want to try and be pragmatic and if that's the conversation that they're maybe like tearing up then you can like sandra said talk about a payment plan or, or talk about mm. maybe some slightly different arrangement that is more like cost effective then but i think if you're recruiting for free then yeah i think you've got to va va value your time a bit more <laughs> yeah for sure um what, what i'd like to get some of your thoughts on because i had quite a few questions around um this just around uh, um basically just 
it's been really effective and, and how your days have changed and sort of working out what you should be prioritizing over um, other things. So one of the questions I got from um, Joe Bungie, hopefully I pronounced your surname right, it was how has your day plan changed as a result of this? What new activities are you planning into your week? <coughs> what do you think about that? And mine's got simpler. <laughs> okay. And it's... It's a lot of outbound activity. It's a lot, a lot more telephone calls and listening, really, really listening to what's to what's going on, um, because often that will inform then what happens, whether it's that afternoon or later that week or later that month. Um, mm. So you know, we have we have a lot less strategy meetings, a lot less internal meetings now, which is one one nice plus. Yeah, um, and it's it's just it's just got a lot lot simpler. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Maris, Sandra? I'd say um, certainly for the guys that are uh, kind of more hands-on and, and I guess we've got quite a lot of recruiters on here that are probably in that one year, one to five year kind of bracket um, is, um, is, is being on the phones a lot more. And, and I've certainly experienced with some of our guys, they've never had to work in a market where you you haven't where you haven't been calling a candidate about a job so they're now having to call candidates when they don't really have anything to offer them um and i think i think some of our guys and a lot of the recruiters that are still working have struggled with that Mm. Um, and certainly our daily activities have changed more towards um working through our database working through all those candidates at the moment that are unstable and sure about their role or they had a new role before all this started and, and the role's been retracted. Um, so we certainly, we're certainly spending a lot more time on the phone speaking to candidates that are stuck uh, looking for work or out of work. A lot of contractors um, as well. I don't know if you're finding that, Marius, there's a lot of contractors at the moment out of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just trying to do everything we can for our candidates really at the moment. Okay. Maris, anything to add? What 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 have sort of become the non-negotiables for you in your day plans? Um I'd say probably it's been more like client focused. I think whereas before maybe like spent a lot of time as a contract recruiter, like speaking to candidates, trying to get leads, trying to find out lots of information. Like Sandra said, if you haven't got lots of like active jobs to speak to people about and and the kind of outlook is quite bleak, then it's, mm. it's quite it's quite a tough exercise to do. So, so I'd say, yeah, be more client focused. And I think I just mentioned before, but just trying to think about like the data, like I35, um, like off payroll, for example, they keep posting lists of all companies that have um, basically got rid of those contracts to I35, and now they've got to hire them back in. Okay. So again, maybe you're just trying to think outside the box a little bit and thinking, oh, there's a great list of people that I should be calling because they are going to now have to hire people. Yeah. Um, so okay. yeah. So, so um, Nick, let me start with you on this. So I was having this conversation the other day. So as you were saying, your day plans have come a lot more simpler. There are a lot of outbound calls, speaking to people, listening, blah, blah, blah. How are you dealing with, like, you'll know, being a, a, a good recruiter and for doing it, how long you've been doing it for, you will know that typically the outputs that you're putting, putting in right now will typically lead to X outcome, right? And I'm sure that the outputs that you're putting in now because of the climate, because of the landscape, what's going on, you're not getting the outcomes that you may expect or that you would have got, let's say, a couple of months ago, whatever. So mentally, how how are you dealing with that? Because I feel like a lot of people are going through that. People are trying even more, or having to make more phone calls than they have had before, having to do these things, putting in the output, but they're not getting, obviously, the, the outcomes that they um, would typically get. And that, that can be quite a struggle to deal with that. So like how... How have you been dealing with that? And I don't know, anything to add on that? Um, I don't have any real deep and meaningful answer for you. <laughs> you, you know, conversion numbers have gone right down. Yeah. So, um, the way in which we've handled it is we've got a good news WhatsApp channel. Nice. And you know, I think we, we all sometimes need a bit of sort of reassurance or a pat on the back when, when something goes our way. And you know, a few months ago, that might have been doing a deal. <laughs> yeah, but right, right now, sort of good news counts as having a really positive call, Amazing. picking up a lead, you know, having uh, having then sort of um, uh, a bit of a bit of industry knowledge then to pick up and come and come through. So, as I mentioned before, you know, the target of what you're looking to get out of each call has changed, mm. but the buzz of getting positivity is it hasn't changed. We still want that reassurance. We still want that sort of recognition. 
and so it's up to sort of business leaders and companies then to to make sure they're there to you know, to um, to recognize that yeah so celebrating maybe that a couple of months ago would be deemed as smaller wins but having a place where you can celebrate those yeah, I love yeah. that. That's awesome. It's, just one, it's one step along that that journey. The yeah. more the more in, in sort of information you collect, the more leads, the more positive clients. Um, right through to you know, we we've had an exercise recently on sort of uh, boosting sort of testimonials. We all uh-huh. know how important these are. We've you know we've all got a handful across our website, across our branding. But right now is the real time to get in touch with those clients who you have done a great job with the past sort of twelve months and saying right. Now's the time I could really do with that help. Do you, would you mind then give me give me something for that? And whether it's on LinkedIn or whether it's off offline, yeah, now's the time then to be asking. Yeah, no, love that. That's amazing, Sandra. Anything to add? Because I think that's quite be interesting to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, we use Slack, and um, we've got we're very similar um, to you, really, Nick. In that we, you know, any I guess what's considered now as a as a, a positive or big win is you know even things like like you say like a positive conversation or. Something mm the lead and you know and it's like we're all celebrating it and um I think the main thing is um is looking is supporting the people um and helping them with their mindset it's a mindset thing so we've been doing um things like we've obviously we're having um daily morning um stand-ups like zoom meetings um we've got um a coach that um that we've all that we've used for about six months Tony Kokoza some of you may may know of her yeah um, and she's um she's been helping us out tremendously she's been doing one-to-one coaching with the guys um we've been I've been um contacting some really decent like there's a lot of trainers out there that are offering free training yeah and I'm absolutely loving that and it's just I think ensuring that the, the people are happy then breathes and and that mindset and keeps them motivated and keeps them cracking on and, and hammering the phones as, as much as they can and even simple things like yesterday the sun I mean the sun's been out all week hasn't it and yesterday and they were all chatting on slack about the sunshine at lunchtime and I said you know what I said guys crack on solidly for two hours focus and you can all finish at four and go and enjoy the sunshine yeah and I just think things like that no matter how many knockbacks you get, we I touch wood. I feel like our our guys, our team, the team, we're all really, really pulling together and um, you know, and, and overcoming those obstacles as best we can and we're doing it together. Um I like that. Do, do you think you do you think your do you think your business has got closer? Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. Yeah. That's interesting, right? Yeah. Internally and external. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's I interesting that true for a lot of businesses at, at the moment i think i think i think there's going to be a lot of positives actually that come out of of this mm. um, moving forwards i think a lot more businesses will be open-minded to home working and flexibility and will be more trustworthy as well mm. even um, mm. i think there'll be a lot of positive changes that come out of this what what do we think will be some of the um what well, i had a question for you from um ryan Jacewell, apologies if that pronounced that surname wrong. But like, what do you think just on that? Like, coming out of this, the other side of this, how? What do we think some of the challenges will be for recruiters when we're sort of bouncing back um, into the market? <clears throat> Probably not to get complacent. Mm. The that we've been forced into this situation. No one's chosen this um, situation, so. We're, we're all adapting because, because of that. And what we don't want to do is go back to some old habits. So if, mm. if you were a junior recruiter whereby some of your relationships were quite shallow, um, you're, you're spending the next few months, maybe longer, about trying to develop those. Don't forget that when you go, when you do, when we are opening offices back, when we are going back to what we think was, you know, what used to be considered normal. Um, Make sure you continue that attitude of just treating just how important these these relationships are and building on those. Mm, I like that. That's really don't get complacent. Marius, anything to add? What what do you think will be some of the challenges bouncing back out of this? Um I'd say, yeah, I think don't get complacent is a really good one. Um, maybe on a more like personal level, if people haven't been out left outside the house for like three months and then they've got a come back into recruitment, maybe works not to be the number one priority. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, so j- just a quick, um, just a quick one. Um, I think just to build on, I think Maris and Sandra, you were saying about 
definitely noticing a lot more candidates out of work, these types of things. So one of the questions that Ashley Davis submitted, which was how are you approaching conversation with candidates that are wanting something immediate, but the opportunities that are live aren't suitable for them? I'm sure you might be having a lot of these conversations where a lot of these candidates can't help them. So like, how, I don't know, how are you managing that? Because I'm sure there's a lot more of that going on. There's, I mean, I've um, I've been having conversations with candidates um, directly. I mean, I don't, I don't always get involved at, at that level anymore. Um, although I do always try and lead from the front, so I'm quite still quite hands on. And the conversations I've been having, I've just been really open and honest. Yeah, and I've been really, really open and honest about what we're experiencing, um, the drop off rate of roles. You know, which of our clients are are still hiring but unfortunately there's you know there's a limited and reduced number of roles available um and what i said to them is whether it's been a conversation over linkedin i said look i'm more than happy to speak to you and have a conversation with you see if i can help you in any way shape or form um or if i'm on the phone to them i've been saying you know that i'm more than happy to help you with your cv see if there's anything i can do with your cv linkedin profile why don't you write a post or i can write a post for you um, if, I, if we do a quick interview now and then I'll put a post together that sells you and you experience and what you've done and I'll post it to my network, I'll get all my colleagues to share it. And um, so a lot of our guys have been doing the same with candidates. We've been sharing um, profiles of yeah. looking for work and out of work. Um, we offered to speak to our contacts and networks just to see if there's anything that they can help them with. And obviously, you know, there could be some free placements that slip through there, but at the end of the day, I'd rather do what we can do to support those guys that, you know, they've, they've all, we've all got families, we've all got other mouths to feed and, and families to support, and we, we all need to survive. Yeah. And so I think it's about creating that community, feel helping each other. And do you know, I spoke to a BA contractor in, in Milton Keynes the other day, and I, I'll be honest, I've got no chance in hell of, of finding her a role and, and placing her. But I spoke to her for like 15 minutes. Um, she's on her own as well, living on her own. And she just oh, really, really appreciated having a chat with me. Yeah. And, and I just said, look, I'm happy to do a post for you. Um, and said, you know what, I'm going to write my own, but will you look at it before I post it? So I had a look at it, changed it around a bit for her. She posted it and then she sent me the link and I shared it to my network. It's just been yeah. and open and doing what you can, I guess. That's all, all we can do. Mm. Maris, anything to add to that? Or have you been sort of having similar conversations? Yeah, I think similar conversations. Um, I think candidates are a bit more open to when you're speaking to them about certain positions, maybe like spend a bit more time at tailoring their CV and like writing cover sheets and maybe doing a bit of coaching around making them like just, just maximise the opportunities to, to, to gauge role. Um, mm. And I think also maybe like pointing them in the direction of companies that you're not maybe engaged with, you're not in the PSL, but you know they are hiring. Um, yeah, so obviously so. that'll come back around if you can help them. Um, yeah, yeah. And again, so even think, yeah, yeah, even though uh, yeah, those people that you can't necessarily help in the short time, just trying to do your part because that that will be remembered is a good way. Yeah. Um, what about what about I mean Louise Gilmore's uh, question and also Tanuja's. Mm-hmm. Maybe Nick, you can add some of this. What you've been hearing from your guys internally, but what what about on the perm side? I feel like that could be more difficult, right? That there will be a lot of people that will be very cautious and uncertain about moving jobs in this time should like what like should people on a permanent basis like be moving right now like how are you approaching that because I feel like a lot of people will think or assume that yeah they don't want to move or it's not the right thing to do like how are you navigating through that because I'm sure that can be a real challenge for a lot of people right now on the perm side sorry I tend to find that candidates are more bullish than employers so I think the majority of candidates who I, I speak to are less concerned about that. They still feel this is a very short-term okay. uh, uh, dip. Um, and so the problems they might have been facing or the difficulties they might have been facing in their current role probably still exist. They might have gone on hold, um, but they they don't feel they're, they're learning or they don't feel they're developing or they don't feel they're paid correctly. Whatever it may well be, they yeah. still exist. So yeah having those honest conversations with them about really getting to the bottom of what they want to change I think mm. still holds true as, as to how long it'll take to, for you to sort of, to make a change for them. Or, no one knows that right now, do they? Yeah. And 
but I would encourage them to uh, embrace the situation and go along to a handful of video interviews. It's never been easier to go to an interview right yeah. now and learn what else might be out there and open up your eyes to how other organizations sort of ticks and how they might be handling certain situations. And it can only be a positive process that. That's interesting. So what you're saying, Nick, is that those sort of motivations to want to leave or why you may have been initially been speaking to these people, they, they still very much exist. And it's just making sure that you, those candidates on the perm side are just getting even more clarity on that. And I guess just digging a bit deeper, because I think that's, I'd like to think that people are also taking that opportunity right now. They're going to have to really think about or getting the opportunity to think about their career, what they're doing, are they enjoying what they're doing and these types of things? Do you know what I mean? So um, that's interesting. Sandra, what are you finding with yourself or with your guys on the sort of perm side? How are they approaching it? Yeah, I mean, it's similar to Nick, really. And we, we have we've experienced a couple of candidates recently, actually. Um, have been concerned um, about moving and, the, you know, the, their wives have, have obviously been speaking to them about their concerns and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so we you know, the, the recent situation we had i just said you know what like speak to speak to the company directly and, and i guess that's something that you've you can use in any market in any situation in any climate um but one thing that that has worked for us recently is where we've got that direct engagement going between the client and the candidate yeah encouraging the candidate to speak to the client directly about their future plans, their growth strategy, mm. industry, um, doing your own research on the industry and the client as well. So, um, you know, obviously there are going to be some secrets. I've had quite, I've had some candidates that have said, Do you know what, I don't want to leave my team in the lurch right now. I'm really interested in the opportunity, really mm-hmm. go for it, but I want to wait until all this is over. Okay. And, Going to be situations where like you can't really do a lot about it, but then you, I guess just see that as you're pipelining future. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. Maris, you just fall off your chair. Um, <laughs> so I had to plug my laptop in. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered, wondered where you went. Yeah. Um, cool. So I guess look, as we sort of come towards the end of this, um, let's just talk a bit about what what were you thinking about how this is planning out? Like, what what's the current? I mean, we've been in, what, in the UK, it's coming to like the third week, isn't it, in terms of sort of lockdown. So I guess I think the businesses that I'm speaking to, recruiters I'm speaking to, I mean, they're reviewing us on a week week by week basis, maybe in daily basis. But what are our current sort of thoughts towards where this is going and, and how it's going to plan out? What do, what do we think? I know no one knows, but what what's the current thought process? I, th- I think you bet for the long term. That yeah. way you won't be disappointed. Well, as in, wait, what do you mean by that? Sorry. I said, I, I don't think this is going to end anytime soon. Yeah. And, and any change, it, it won't be a uh, an immediate turning uh, back of the clock and everyone starts commuting back for all sectors. Um, yeah. So I think I think probably the, the advice we give internally is, you know, let's assume we're in this the long, the long haul. And, and if it ends sooner than that, we'll, we'll we all be pleasantly surprised. Mm. Marius, what, how, what are you thinking about? It's hard to say, isn't it? I think if, if mm. reading the news, it, it's it, it's pretty depressing, really. Um, mm. uh, yeah, and you hear so many mixed views in terms of when the lockdown is going to end and, and when it's all going to come back to normal. But I think one thing that will definitely change will be maybe, as Sitsim and Sandra said, like the the attitude towards remote working, which yeah. I think would be quite a positive thing, and it might actually like open up clients to to a whole kind of new candidate pool, which maybe they haven't had access to before because they've been really mm. rigid on need to in the office five days a week. I need to see them. So the only silver lining is this maybe change of kind of attitude towards it as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Sandra? Actually might make hiring um, for some businesses um, quicker and processes quicker moving mm. forward. We, mm. we've, had, yeah. we've had a number of clients um, recently, um, sorry, one client recently, um, and they're onboarding two members of staff in April they've offered and they're staff yeah. this month, Yeah. Um, so it'd be nice that if we can have a bit more of that moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Out of you guys, who? So I think it's it's, it's interesting, right? Because I think there would have been a lot of people that would have been so like anti work from home. Yeah. Um. But obviously, going into this, there's no other option. So like, like Maris, for you, for you, for example, like before this, if I was to say, do you throw work from home or in the office? What would you say? 
Uh, definitely the office. Yeah, yeah, the office. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that that's what, what's that. I definitely prefer the office because it's yeah. just nice. I love going in and seeing my team, and they just yeah. they me up if I'm in a shit mood before I get there. Yeah, I've had a done a school run, and you know, yeah, yeah. like trying to get out the door with kids. Um, but yeah, it's just great seeing everyone and the banter that you get in the office. Um, yeah. But we've always been really open to homeworking before we impl- we implemented four day working week oh, yeah. um, kind of last year. But before we implemented that, um, we allowed up to one day a week homeworking. Mm. Um, so we've always been open to it anyway. But I, I think majority of people prefer being in the office. Mm. Nick, office or home? Uh, I've always had a balance. So I always I used to spend at least one day a week from work, um, sorry, at home. Um, and, and I think I, I look forward to you know, rebalancing that. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, so as we sort of finish this, where, where do we think the sort of pockets of opportunities are from what you're saying? And maybe specific to your sector or whatever, but what, what, on a sort of positive note, where do we think some of the opportunities are that you're seeing? Obviously, Sandra, you just said there that one of your clients is onboarding two people in April. That's amazing. But like, where where do we what are sort of where the sort of pockets of opportunity do we think, or the things that you're seeing and picking up on? I'd go after tech within the healthcare industry. Yeah, of course. If you're in, if you're into, if you're in tech and IT, um, and I'd also look at. Would you um, do that if you've never done that before? Like, would you literally try and or I don't know. We're not specific to sector, really. So yeah, fair enough. Most technology equipment businesses aren't. So yeah, you can. You can, um, and also remote companies that um, already, particularly tech businesses that already operated remotely, because um, mm. obviously they were all, they were already onboarding remotely and doing reviews and management meetings, etc., remotely. So there'll be no difference for those guys. Marius, yeah. where are the sort of pockets of opportunity that you see? Obviously, obviously, I think the public sectors helped right yeah 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 i mean i'd say it's a mixed bag like um you know i guess at hmrc for example they've obviously got all these different furloughs <laughs> and yeah. all of these companies and expect I mean, yeah, payment you can, from them you yeah. can help people build the furlough portal that'd be yeah amazing. yeah absolutely um so i think it's yeah just trying to think about stuff like that and um e-learning companies companies like zoom um yeah. obviously your online retailers like supermarkets that type of stuff mm. nick you're in uh, real estate well, I'd love to know how many marketing calls Zoom got the last two. Oh, years. Jesus Christ! <laughs> did you see? Has everyone seen the sort of the um, impacts and what their stocks been worth or what the shares? Have you seen that? That yeah. oh, that grass crazy. It's in terms of over the last like month or so, the the amount that that business is worth now, or it's increased. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but Nick, what pockets of opportunity are you, have you sort of identified or seen? So uh, I think probably anything, anything I would say would be a bit too real estate, a bit too sector focused, but. The one thing I think a lot of our consultants have realized is how open people are and willing to help. Um, and actually, I think that's always been the case. We just haven't always asked for their help. Um, so right now, when you're working on maybe fewer fewer jobs, make sure you enlist the help of every client you've ever had, every candidate you've ever spoken to, to help you fill those jobs by just yeah. simply asking them, Do you, this is what I've got. Do you know anyone? Who was the best person you've you've dealt with? Uh, And I think that will open up more doors for you there as well, because those clients will perceive you then as not only being busier than they expected, but then valuing their opinion. And they'll want to come back and they'll want more of that. Mm, Awesome. Um, So Conan Kennedy just asked a question before we finish. So he's looking to come into the recruitment industry. should it should it be trying to get into the industry right now or wait? I'd say like if, if if you can find a company that's um yeah that's hiring people, I'd say join now because if you can yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if you can make it now and do deals in this climate, then when everything goes back to normal, we'll be flying. So yeah, it could be a good time, arguably. And that and if you join now, um, you won't be one of those consultants that becomes complacent, complacent yeah. or yeah. If you can crack it now, you'll be very very successful. Yeah, I think. Um, I think um, th- this came up in one of the last ones when someone sort of asked this and I sort of made this sort of just throwaway comment of, yeah, you haven't been sort of dealt with the best cars because they've been in obviously recruitment for a really short period and this has gone on, but one of the panelists really pushed back and so well, actually this is probably the best time mm-hmm. that you could sort of earn yeah. your stripes and yeah. be in recruitment because the sort of activities, habits that you 
put into place now and cultivate will help you throughout the rest of your career. I think mm-hmm. there's been loads of successful recruitment businesses born out of the 08 recession and, and challenging times like that. Um, so Connor, go for it. I think is what we're saying, isn't we? Give it a go. Look, um, as we come to the end here, just want to say a huge thanks to Marius, Sandra, Nick. I've been very open, been very honest. Thank you for sharing. Um, Hopefully, all of you guys enjoyed that, got value out of it. So thank you so much for um, joining us. We'll be doing these, obviously, on a weekly basis. So if you enjoyed this, this is going to be uh, here again next Wednesday. But um, just a huge thank you. So thanks again, Marius, Sandra, and Nick. Thanks for uh, doing it. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Right, I'm going to end this now. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazoos and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster. Thank you again for listening.